You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. Well, well, here I am coming to you from the soggy state of Florida. And, um, you know, I had to add the sogginess in there because we had a, 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 a and here comes the rain again. Here comes the rain again. Yeah, it's it is coming again. And um, they had a one in a thousand year storm in, in my county, in Broward County, in Fort Lauderdale. The, the, the streets are flooded. And yet the governor is nowhere to be found. Go figure. In fact, um, you know, he is, uh, um, he, he came back to the state briefly last night to sign the bill into law that basically says you're a woman. <laughs> Good luck here in Florida, because if you get pregnant, well, you know, um, you will have that you will give birth, regardless of whether or not you wanted to have a baby, regardless of whether or not the fetus is healthy and can survive. Ron DeSantis had a private signing ceremony inside his office, surrounded by a, bun- a bunch of women who I guess don't care about other women. Um, no press, no big ceremony. At 11 o'clock last night, he signs this piece of crap into law. So I, I I don't know about you, but I couldn't think of anyone better to talk to today than um, uh, the the new chair of the Florida Democratic Party, uh, Nikki Freed. For some reason, Nikki, I'm 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 not getting. I, I see you, but I, I hi. Let let's talk for a second. When you talk, maybe you'll you'll take over the the uh, the screen. Say hi. Hi, Nicole. Good there you are. Again. Ah, yay. Okay, now I can bring you in because I had the, the press person's name up there and I didn't I didn't get you. So Nikki Freed is here. It's good to see you again. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, really appreciate it. And oh my God, what the hell is going on here? I, I mean, it, it is, I, I'm a range of emotions, which I'm assuming 
I'm hoping um, is the same range of emotions that people are feeling all across the state. I mean, I went to sleep last night around 1030 uh, because I had actually slept outside the night before um, during the Occupy Tallahassee. I slept out with a lot of the the activists that had come up for to protest the six week abortion ban. And so I had gone to sleep early thinking, okay, this sucks. Uh, I passed out of the house, um, get ready for the continued fight. And I woke up, I was taking my significant other to the airport at five o'clock in the morning and had seen that overnight um, he did this. And so the the, the amount of, of emotions that I've gone through in the course of the day from uh, kick in the gut um, to frustration, to anger, to resolve, to determination. Um, but this is awful. Um, this is not democracy. This is not what the people of this state wanted or the country for that no. matter. So, so just so people know, this law is even worse than we thought. This is, I, I, I mean, it's, it's not ha-ha funny. It's just sickeningly funny. Okay, so six weeks, no abortions after six weeks. Well, most women don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. But yep. there is an exception for rape and incest and the health of the mother up to 15 weeks people don't even know they're pregnant in 15 weeks number one and number two with a lot of caveats you have to prove that you were raped or a victim of incest and that you reported it to the police and you have to do all this within 15 weeks otherwise you're out of luck that's correct i I mean and just think about this that if if you happen to have been raped, and, and I am so fortunate that that has never happened to me in my life. I could not Im- understand and fathom that if somebody has gone through that trauma of, of being raped, and, and sometimes if we're talking about a, a young girl, maybe she's been raped, and, and, and if you're talking about incest, by, yep. by her stepdad, by, by an uncle, by a, a cousin, member. by somebody... And and you're not necessarily going to want to tell your other family members and potentially then have to go and report that person to the cops, which will, you know, a whole lot of other ramifications. But now you're going through this trauma again to get this documentation to prove that you were raped. And here's going to be the other part that if you think about it strategically, um, if you happen to have, you know, between that six and 15 weeks, and you want that abortion and you want to say that you were raped in order to get that, you potentially are going to the police saying that you were raped and you're going to be now imprisoning our our, our men and our boys because that is the only way that you're going to get around that is by accusing them of rape. The, the whole thing is just, it's unfathomable. And now it's not like this is, uh, you know, this is something that people are clamoring for. In fact, you would think that the Republicans might have learned something from the midterms because th- this abortion, this focus on on women's reproductive rights has not been very good for them. And yet they're doubling down on it. Now, Ron DeSantis is not the smartest, you know, <laughs> guy in the rooms, not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. But what the hell? And, and, and now apparently so he he was here last night to sign the bill in the middle of the night. And then today he was at Liberty University giving a stump speech. And guess what? He didn't even mention this, even though apparently it was mentioned in his introduction and the crowd applauded wildly. But he's not he's not talking about it. 
Yeah. And also what was interesting is, is so Liberty universities, I guess, if you look on their website, says they are the world's renowned Catholic university. So of course he had to feel like he had to sign it before he went there to appease, you know, this base of his. Um, But what was, I found out today, I was with um, some of these, some of the protesters and some of the activists that had come up across the state and he signed, this is, you're going to love this. He signed the bill and I guess he had helicoptered over. I don't know if it was from the airport or from, I don't know where he was originally, but when he signed it, they then flew the helicopter three times over where these individuals were sleeping and where they had been camping out all week, almost like, like a shove in their face, like, ha ha, I got you. And it is so disgusting what he is doing. And we know what I've said now for the last 24 hours that him signing this bill is the death nail in his presidential bid. And because there is no way that after you've signed one of, if not the most extreme abortion measures in the country, is the country going to vote for you? Right. Um, that is just not going to happen. And, and so that's why he did it in the, in the, in the darkness and why he did it surrounded by, by women that were cheering. But if you all notice that they were all, they weren't us. No, <laughs> no. Well, well, you know, the, here's the thing, Nikki, you and I are white women, but I don't think we, we fit in that group of white women. And that's who were there. Uh, apparently, you know, one of the women who leads the charge in pulling the books off the shelves got busted, you know, sending emails to the family and friends of somebody who died using horrible racist terms. I mean, these are not good people. And you know what? If you don't want to have an abortion, don't get one. It's that simple. Why does what anybody else does in the privacy of their own home with their own body, why does that matter to you? Right. I don't, I don't get it. And, you know, I, I wear my, you know, my, my faith on my sleeve. Everybody knows that, that I come from the Jewish faith and in the Jewish religion, you know, life starts at, at breath. Yes. You know, it, that's part of who that's part of my teachings. And now you're telling me that I, you know, under religious cloaks, because that's why they, they did all of this is, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because they believe life begins at conception. That's their religion. But now it's we have ours. a state right. situation. Right. So, you know, I pulled this article because here's the thing. The good news is, knocking on wood laminate here, this bill is not law yet. Even though he signed it, it doesn't go into effect because there is a lawsuit about the the former 15-week ban that was actually... They, they, they did last year. So it's not like a lot has changed within a year besides, obviously, Roe coming down. Right. Right. And 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 a, a bit this the the challenge to the 15 week law was was one of them, at least anyway, was filed by a Jewish synagogue in Boynton right. Beach. And here's the thing. It says here's here's the quote for Jews. All life is precious. And thus the decision to bring new life into the world is not taken likely, lightly or determined by state fiat in Jewish law. Abortion is required, if necessary, to protect the health, mental or physical well-being of the woman or for many other reasons not permitted under the act, the act being this new law. As such, the act prohibits Jewish women from practicing their faith free of government intrusion and thus violates their privacy rights and religious freedom. I love that it's a it's a synagogue who filed a challenge to this because you know what they say in the, in the name of our religion well it's not everybody's religion and if you check the constitution we do not have a national religion oh it, it it's infuriating on so many levels 
Plus the fact that I've got a 23-year-old daughter. I'm terrified for her. Yep. And I've got a 14 year old niece and, and I'm terrified for her that, that she's going to be living in a society that where she's got less rights today than she had yesterday. And, and that is a really, and, 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 and look, and here's what I keep saying too. And because I've, I've now analyzed this debate, uh, you know, I, and it is strange for me because this was not ever my my issue. People know me for, uh, you know, my, my cannabis stuff. I'm a past public defender. So criminal justice reform. So all these other things that I've been, you know, quote unquote activists on for, for a long time, this was not my lane because I never thought that I'd be sitting here and having to fight for this. Right. No, you know, we didn't think this. And so why my frustration has been with where are the other women that look like you and me? Where are the rest of the outrage of our, our white women across our state? And I'm going to call them out because, you know, unfortunately, I'm having these conversations and I'm asking them, why aren't they going to protest? Why isn't are we not seeing like we saw in Texas when Roe fell 300,000 um, women that registered to vote? Right. Why are we not seeing that here in Florida? And, and what I keep hearing is a couple of things. One the, the, the very selfish response of I can financially afford that God forbid myself oh. and my family members can go someplace else. And, and newsflash, that is not how civil society works. You know, civil society works to pass laws and regulations that are supposed to benefit, you know, and regulatory for the entire framework. And you can't be selfish on some of these things. Two, wake up call. Ron DeSantis wants a national ban on abortions. Yep. He is running for president of the United States. And so if he was to get there, because we've been sitting back complicit here in the state of Florida, if he was, God forbid, to get there and has a majority of Congress in the Senate, that is what is going to happen. And so that white privilege um, will go away. And so we need you to stand with us and recognize that we got here. These are these rights that we have is because we stood together. And unfortunately, we also know in the suffrage movement, the white women were at the front and the black women in the back. This has to be we all stand together. We must. And, but but yeah. Nikki Freed, so I, I should mention, you know, last time we spoke, you were you were the agriculture commissioner of Florida, the only Democrat in a Republican executive branch in Florida. And then you ran for governor. Um, now you are the newly installed chair of the Democratic Party. Welcome to it. I'm glad to have you there. Um, I think we talked about the last guy who was not right for the job. Hopefully you can get something done and motivate these people. One thing I've learned about Florida is the, I say that it's the humidity. It just melts the brain or something. People are too apathetic down here. And whenever there's a protest, certainly in Broward County, where we're flooded right now, it's on the steps of the federal building on Broward Boulevard, which is the street that's been underwater where you're seeing satellite photos or drone photos of cars floating and the governor's nowhere to be seen, by the way. Um, that's where it is. It's everything is down to the federal building and people just don't show up. And I yeah. don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you motivate people down here. Yeah, and, and it's definitely something that I spent a lot of time thinking about, including today. You know, I woke up and I said, okay, what else can I do? You know, I'm sitting here in Tallahassee. You know, we're, we're working on, you know, constitutional ballot initiatives. Everybody be on guard. That's going to come out soon. And we're going to need all hands on deck for getting of the signatures and, and helping to get that passed. But I'm sitting here going, what else can I do? So I'm calling Planned Parenthood. I'm calling our, our different organizations across us. So we got to get people out there and, and see the energy. Because I think we also are different than other states. Because, look, 
if you have, you know, an abortion rally in Georgia, you're having it in Atlanta. And, and so everybody comes to Atlanta. If you're in California, you're going to LA or you're going to Sandy, you know, you're going to LA most, most often. Or if you are doing it in New York, you're going to New York city. We don't have that, that central big city. We have a lot. We've got Fort Lauderdale. We've got Miami. We've got Palm beach. We, you know, we've got Orlando, we got Tampa, we got Jacksonville, we got Tallahassee. And so it is harder to bring everybody together in those types of masses because we're so spread out geographically, but it is going to be incumbent that we do have these rallies. We do have these days of action and that we're going to all parts of the state. And, and, and maybe it is about moving some of those, those rallies a little bit further West in the County to get some of those, which is, as you know, East shore, uh, again, I, I'm a Broward girl too. lived yeah. there for 10 years, lived right. But I'm in West Broward. Yeah. I'm out in Coral Springs and it's a trek to get out to. For me, it was, you know, it's 10 minutes to get to work and I can get there. But majority of Broward County residents are on the West part of the county. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to start figuring out how we can go West. I mean, we did it I, great. I guess it was, was that 2020 that there is, I don't remember exactly what, it, one of those days of action that, that March for our lives had put together. That was a little bit, I think it was actually in Parkland. Mm-hmm. And so it, there was thousands and thousands of people. And I think that that really showed that when you move things west into the residential areas of Broward County, more people are going to be inclined to show up instead of just in the Broward steps That's where right. you're going to get the same people. I mean, That's anytime right. I go to these, these rallies, always the same I, group. Yeah. Same group. I say hi to everybody because I know everybody at That's them, right. um, but we've got to get more people engaged and get more people fired up because to your point, why I, I do not ever claim November to be a 19 point win for Ron DeSantis. This was a 19 point loss of Democrats. Well, it was. And 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 we'll, look, we talked about that here a, a number of reasons. And I think it is that we didn't give uh, young people, Democrats, a reason to come out and vote. Look, Charlie Chris, nice guy. Wrong person. For the time, this was not what we needed and certainly not to beat Ron DeSantis. But the other thing that I tell people and they, they they don't seem to hear it around the country. Now they are because they're learning who this man is, is he didn't grow his his lead by 19 points. It's that many Democrats didn't show up. His 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 number of votes increased very slightly. It's just the Democrats didn't show up to vote because they weren't given a reason to. That's exactly right. And and, I mean, it's everything from from that to the infrastructure of the Democratic Party. We had not been doing voter registration for at least since, you know, since the pandemic. We hadn't been doing community organizing events. We hadn't been doing the door knocking. The the things that that we typically usually do to keep keep people engaged in politics completely stopped during the pandemic. We all went home and we never went back out. And, And so then when it came time for the campaigns, people were starting to see us for the first time. In, in two two years, basically. And, and so that was a problem. And we just completely, it was a complete shutdown and breakdown of all things Democrats. You can't win our state when you have a 17% lower turnout in Broward County of Democrats than Republicans. You can't win our state when only 23% of the black community shows up in Miami-Dade. Right. You can't win elections like that. And, and so we, and we also didn't do this either. We did not fill all of our seats. We had around 40 to 60 open seats that did not get challenged um, for, for Republicans and why that is important. And people say, oh, it's a red area. We can't win it anyhow. But there are still Democrats that live there and they need to have a reason to come out to vote for a candidate. For sure. And it's, 
And it's important, too, that when you have a candidate, they are carrying the Democratic message to help with those NPA voters and, and to make sure that there's still a counterbalance to the Republican messaging that's coming out of those red areas. Without a doubt. And, and, and look, the last guy in your seat was the wrong guy. I'm sorry, as bad as Charlie Crist was as a candidate for the Democrats. Uh, Manny Diaz had no business being chair of the Florida Democratic Party. And one of the first things he did was diss the the progressive um, uh, portion of the Florida Democrats. And it caused me to walk away because when you get that disrespected when you're trying to do the right thing. And now that you're so that's that's water under the bridge. Nikki Freed, you're now in there. You're the chair of the Florida Democratic Party. I hope I see a whole lot of new energy. And I'm already seeing, you know, the progressives that I hang with getting more involved. So that's a good thing. And, and uh, please, I, I mean, Nicole, I don't know how much more energy I can give. I got myself arrested last month. I saw that. <laughs> yes. You know, myself and, and uh, Senator Lauren Book, who's obviously a Broward yep. senator. That's right. Um, and, and so because we felt it was that important, because we had the same conversation, Lauren and I and a lot of our legislative leaders, where is everybody? And, and so we knew we had to be out there. We've got had to be not just our, our activists, but we had to stand united with our activists and say we are going to not only be fighting in Tallahassee, but we have to take this fight statewide. And, and so we do believe that it's unfortunate we did not intend to get arrested. Um, that was not my intention that night. I had dinner plans that evening I, that, that I obviously. You guys to- were just sitting on the steps of the Tallahassee City Hall, right? And they, they arrested you? Yeah, we, we were singing Lean On Me. There was uh, 11 of us, right? <laughs> there was 11 of us sitting on the ground holding hands. Um, and it had been a buildup, unfortunately, throughout the course of the day and really buildup for, for weeks. Mm-hmm. These women had worked on um, getting permits that they kept getting the moved around all over Tallahassee. Um, the Thursday prior to the, the, the rally, uh, the, the city hall had changed that the outside of city hall is now a park. Um, which is not a, it's not a park. It it is literally like a walking area into city hall um, where people walk to and from, from the bars and restaurants into the Capitol Mm -hmm. uh, residents behind hand. Anyhow, long story short, um, they had, they had removed their permit, I guess, on Friday um, prior to the Monday March uh, to the Monday rally. And, and so they had said, they started putting the officers out there at four 30 um 4 30 i'm getting starting getting the calls hey we've got a problem there's about 18 officers in riot gear that have shown up um, to deal with the situation by the time that i got down there the officers were already inside city hall and not on the street anymore but they were all waiting they were lined up oh, waiting because they said come eight o'clock if you're not gone they're coming to arrest and and we're like you know we have a first amendment right we're not harming anybody city hall is closed um, there's no business being happened there. There's nothing that we're, we're not destroying anything. We don't have any weapons on us. We are just trying to use our, our, our voices and our first amendment rights to speak out against government, which is the whole point of the first amendment. And it was, uh, one of those moments uh, that Lauren and I, when the police were, were coming down, you know, we looked, we kind of locked eyes and was like, okay, we're doing this. That's mm-hmm. how important this is that we, we got to, we got to stay seated. You know, and, and, and this governor is so vindictive that I'm, you know, obviously this is part of the plan. The thing is Lauren Book, the state Senator who you got arrested with, that you're talking about, she's the one who, it was like the height of COVID. She was undergoing chemo for breast cancer and the idiot new surgeon general. And it, 
kills me to say those words. Joseph Latipo was going around trying to get confirmed. The man has no credentials. He's the one who tells you that that it, you'll get sick. For, you'll get sicker from taking the vaccine than you will from getting COVID. This guy's a medical doctor. He wouldn't put on a mask when he went in her office, even though she said, look, I, I've got a medical issue. You need to put on a mask, and he wouldn't. This is a doctor. This is the Surgeon General of the state. And so, you know, I know this governor puts out vendettas on people. He's he's spiteful. He's a bully, and he's a fascist. So, you know, all this stuff, you getting arrested, obviously that was, that was predetermined. They knew you were there and did it because of that. I have no doubt. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting. So even even go further, um, that city hall property line. There's a question of what that city hall property line was, you know, because now they're looking at even the, the real estate deeds and seeing where the line was. And the fact is, we were actually on the sidewalk, not even on city property. But to take it one step further is because, and people kept asking, why were you guys at city hall and not in the Capitol? I was like, because Ron DeSantis has changed the the protest laws inside of the Capitol and on the Capitol compound and changed the way you can peacefully protest and peacefully protest in the whole state. Um, if you remember that bill that they got passed after BLM. Yeah, and, and, they, and they can run you over with a car if you're in the street. Legally. Right. right. Legally. And, and that if a, if a riot starts during a peaceful protest, everybody there can be arrested for a third degree felony. So there was con- there was conversation because the week before they were talking about expanding the Capitol compound uh, property lines into parts of the city so that there was a question of whether or not we actually were going to get arrested, have been arrested for trespassing after warning or under his new um, Capitol compound protest laws. Wow. And I get that trespass after warning. I, the, I, the one time I was arrested, that was the charge. I was at a, an event that was billed as a town hall meeting with my then congressman. Here's a blast from the past, Alan West. And I <laughs> dared, dared to ask him about his vote to privatize Social Security and Medicare and was escorted out of the room with a cop who kept manhandling me, pushing me. And I yelled at him, get his hands off me. And so he arrested me, was maced in the Broward County Jail. It was a lovely experience, let me tell you. And But this, it, this is that on steroids because it wasn't even him at the time it was i guess it was rick scott you know they're all just horrible can we get i when i moved to florida when i was a kid we had democrats as governor we had reuben askew we had bob graham we had great people in florida was a reasonable state it's it's really scary here now nikki i know and that's why i'm here you know that's why i'm here and why i I don't sleep and why I don't have weekends off because I understand it's not even anymore about like we root for the blue team and we want our team to win and, and get excited and, and then get upset when our team doesn't win. This is dire situations in our state. It's not even about having Democrats win because we want our people to win. It's because of the policies that are coming when we don't and who hurts because we are seeing the, the impacts of these laws on the people of our state. Women will die. Like let's no holds barred. Women will die from the 15 week abortion ban. And from now the six week abortion ban, we have kids that are in the LGBTQ plus community that high that are starting to see increased rates of suicide and suicide attempts. We are seeing kids no longer wanting to stay in Florida schools because of the climate here. And now our middle class are going to have to spend all this extra money because they've been planning for, for, you know, pre-prayed and bright futures. And now they're going to have to take their kids out of state. Um, We're seeing teachers leaving the profession, kids, one out of 
every hundred, there's a hundred thousand of our students today that don't have a permanent teacher in their classroom because we have a teacher shortage. Yeah, this and, and DeSantis wants to hire, um, you know, former veterans. Doesn't matter if they have a teaching degree or anything. Just the fact that they went to war and shot a gun. Sure, we'll put them in the classroom because that's who we need teaching your kids. And oh, by the way, you don't like the public schools. You don't like that I'm pulling all the books off the shelves. That's okay. You can now get a v- voucher and send your kid to any cut-rate church religious school on our dime. It's what's happening in the state is insane. It, it is insane. And, and let's not even talk about property insurance. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, property insurance, you know, and you can't I, I'm get very, it. you can't get it. it. You can't get you, it. You can't, you can't get it. And even if you get it, the, the premiums are, are outrageous. And if you are on a fixed income or low income, you, you can't live here. And so, and, and my God, talking about Broward, I am very fearful that a lot of people that are, are experiencing damage in the last 24 hours will not have flood insurance. And you better believe that 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 whether they have citizens or they have another carrier, they're going to say, I'm sorry, this was a flood damage yep. uh, event and we cannot cover you. I, I'm so, going to show you real, I know you're on a time crunch, but real quick, this is a video sent to me by a friend I used to volunteer at the Broward Animal Shelter. One of the people I worked with, she was rescued from her home in Fort Lauderdale on a boat. This is them driving down just her street on a boat. They came and rescued her and her dogs and her house is completely flooded. That is Fort Lauderdale yesterday. It's astounding. We don't have a climate crisis. No. I mean, it's not changing and we don't have an infrastructure problem. That's right. Um, but, you know, these are real problems. These are real problems impacting real people in, in our state. And unfortunately, we have a governor who has vanished from from everyday, you know, governing and, and who refuses to deal with those types of issues. That's would right. rather have these culture wars, would rather in the dark of night sign an abortion ban, sign a permitless carry. Again, another one that, that people of our state did not want. And it, and I don't even know he didn't even get any wins on that. Seventy one percent of Floridians did not want permitless carry. The other twenty nine percent wanted open carry. So who did he just make happy? Yeah, like it's so we he does all these things to run for president. And at the end of the day, he's he's actually closing that that book because he will never be president of the United States. Thank God Uh, for small favors. But we're stuck with him here for three more years. And that is frightening. Um, Nikki Freed, I know you're busy today. I thank you so much for jumping. on. I've been trying to get you on the show since you you rose to the position (laughs) to chair of the Florida Democratic Party. I'm very glad you're in there. We need you. you. So (laughs) let's do something, please. Because I'm so sick of calling it Florida and talking about governor death sentence. It's time to to move on from that. And so people in Florida, you need to vote. You need to get involved. You need to not stay home in the air conditioning. Get out and sweat a bit. Yep. And and the other thing I'm asking, too, is I can't do this alone. And and so we are certainly wanting help rebuilding. And the best way to help us rebuild is we're asking um, Democrats, independents, if you care about our state, uh, to be willing to give five dollars a month, uh, recurring dollars. That, that that's you know if you have the capacity to do so. That way, if we have two hundred and fifty thousand individuals across the nation that are giving us five dollars every single month, that's one point two million dollars. That helps us do the voter registration. That helps us do the voter engagement. That makes 
make sure that we can fund our campaigns and we can start turning our state around. So if you're listening and you're angry and you're mad and you're fearful and you're frustrated and all these things, don't just go onto social media. Don't just bitch about it. Get involved, whether it's volunteering, whether it is making sure you're registered to vote. Also know that every now, um, every two years, you're getting kicked off of the vote by mail. Um, So please make sure that you're going and re-requesting your vote by mail ballots. Um, Three out of, you know, but it's a three to one ratio of Democrats voting by mail versus in person with the Republicans. This is an important aspect for us. So check your, your status, go get your vote by mail, volunteer if you can, please make sure you're voting, registering. And then again, if you've got financial capacity to do, even if it's $3 a month, whatever it is, just showing that you're with us to build back the party. You know, you have a huge challenge because the Florida Democratic Party was basically non-existent. By the end of the midterm election cycle, it was dead. There was nothing there. So I'm glad you're in place. It sounds like you're full of energy. You're ready to go. We need to. And you know what? I think DeSantis's actions will also get us riled up because if you can't believe what he's doing, well, now is not the time to stand down. Now is the time to stand up and get involved and say, hell no, no more of this. Yep. And I'll just end with this. My, this is my new favorite line um, that was actually just sent to me this past week. So I find that it, me, it was inspirational. It says, you know, the pendulum swings, you know, in two directions. It swings stronger with an energy from a source. So let's be that source. You got it. Nikki Fried, great to see you again. Thank you. And please don't be a stranger. Come back anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We've got our work cut out for us, seriously. And Nikki does. And I'm I'm so glad she's there. Um, So there you go. It's the new Florida Democratic Party. Okay. It is now, it's 530 here. It's the weekend. I'm done with politics. I'm going to have my my coffee smoothie. By the way, it's my BlendJet 2. You can get one. Go to BlendJet.com. Use the promo code FEEDME12. You get 12% off. You get uh, free two-day shipping. And you can make your own. Look, this is my afternoon pick-me-up. It's my leftover coffee from this morning mixed in with a little cacao powder, a lot of ice, some milk, and some uh, stevia to sweeten it up. And... I don't spend 10 bucks at Starbucks and it's the best thing ever. Blendjet.com, promo code FEEDME12. Fits in your cup holder. Take it to the beach. Take it to the gym. Take it to wherever. Okay. All right. You're ready to rock? Um, okay. So I got to tell you this story. Uh, first of all, this is today's show card. For those of you watching on a video, I make a little graphic each day. And um, so there's a picture it's, it's me with uh, Bruce Springsteen. The one time I got a picture with him, it was after the it was it was like 30 years ago. And, and it was after the MTV plugged um, taping, it, which it, it was supposed to be unplugged. And then he plugged in and it wound up not being unplugged. But it was it was cool. Anyway, I was hanging on the stage the whole time. And that's why I look so manic. It was after the show. I was all hot and sweaty and my eyes were about a mile wide, but I, and I put Joan, Joan Walsh in the picture with us because she deserved to be there. And then, and then further over to the right, that's a very, very young me. I was probably 25 um, and I worked at WPLJ in New York and that is the late, great Clarence Clemens. So um, Joan, I couldn't put you in the, in the Clarence picture because I, I didn't have a very young Joan Walsh. I, you know, I, I, that, that was 1985, 86. So going back a long way. 
Um, yeah. yeah. And then the Bruce picture photos of me, you know, <laughs> online from that wonderful <laughs> period of my life. Those are great. I know. It's a, you know, look, we, 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 at this age, we go back to the old memories. Um, but you know, so we've known each other through work for for a number of years. And as I said in my little write up for today's show, Joan Walsh, you've been writing about politics for longer than I've been talking about them because I used to play music on the radio. And when I got into politics, you were you were the editor of Salon.com. And I used to see you on MSNBC all the time. And you came on the air with me a few times back in those days. And um um, oh, I saw Nikki Freed up here. Hold on. Got to take Nikki down and put Joan up. I, I am I am prepared. It's my damn producer. You know, it's Friday. She needs to go. She just needs a rest. She needs to go have fun. I <laughs> exactly. Mean, really, we don't I, care. I'm the producer, so I, I give her shit all the time because when she screws up, it's it's on me. Anyway, so there, I've got the right Chiron now. So Joan Walsh was at Salon.com, then... And, and you were on MSNBC, and and then you moved over to CNN, and then you went you went and wrote a book. You came back, and now you're at the Nation. And I knew all your political stuff. What I didn't realize was that we were kindred Bruce Springsteen spirits. So, how long have you been a Bruce Springsteen fan? Oh my God, girl! Um, uh, nineteen seventy-five. You know, I'm old, so uh, I was like six. 15, 16, um, I fell in love with him. I think, I do think that Born to Run had just come out, but mm-hmm. then I, I, I felt, I, I didn't, I mean, I love that and I still love that, but I then got somebody through to me, you know, his first two albums and they are the best. And, and, you know, the hard thing about going to these concerts, which, you know, thank God we get to go see him and, mm-hmm. You know, during the pandemic, I'm sure you felt the same way, Nicole. It was like, we might never see him again. I know. Believe me, I had that thought. And oh, my God. I did have that thought. When I heard him announce this tour, I'm like, okay, I got to go. And then I got shut out when tickets went on sale. Now, I'm in South Florida, right? So he started the tour in Tampa. You were at yeah. that show. When you went to that show and I saw your amazing write-up of it at The Nation, That's I reached out. It's like, oh, my God, we need to talk Bruce. I tried to buy tickets and I couldn't get them. And I yeah. thought this is going to be the first Springsteen tour since the river that I have missed. And then at the last minute, we got tickets from somebody who works with my sister and we had great seats and it was wonderful. And it was, oh my God, what a great show this is. And again, I'm someone like you. I've seen Springsteen dozens of times. I couldn't tell you how many. Um, Likewise. This, you know, it was missing the the storytelling because there were back in the old days Bruce used to tell these elaborate stories and they were just wonderful. Um, this time he didn't stop for a minute. This was nonstop song after song after song after song for coming on three hours. It was like two hours and forty five minutes. The show I saw, and and each song is, is is like one of those oh wow songs. I got the feeling that he was saying. Well, you know, he said it. Here, here's a line from um, from the show you saw. This was from that opening night. Fifteen, fifteen. It's all tomorrows and hellos. Seventy-three, a lot more goodbyes. Makes you realize how important living right now is. 
you know, in those words, and I know he says them every night. He usually changes things up a little bit. But 15, bit, but yeah, yeah it, it, 73, it's uh, goodbyes. And you got to live each day. Uh, and I, I had the feeling, I don't think he'll ever stop performing, but I don't know that we'll see another full-blown E Street Band tour again. Oh, my God. So, yeah, don't make me cry. I know. Right? On the radio, Nicole. <laughs> But, you know, I've been talking, so, you know, I have, my, my sister and I are like the, the, you know, the OG E Street Band people. I took her to her first concert when she was like 12. Uh-huh. And so, you know, and we still go all the time. But then I have, you know, these wonderful, my, my amazing young salon, they were like young salon women who, when I was the editor-in-chief, I figured out that they were, like, complete Springsteen maniacs. And, you know, and I just want to mention Rebecca Traster, Mm. who I love, and who we still go to concerts together. Oh, really? Awesome. I love her. And they they would actually, like, you know, get online when the tickets became available and asked me, do, you know, do you want, do you want a seat in New York? I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> San Francisco then, you know, but yes, of course. So they would get me seats. And so like, I have these wonderful women who are my Springsteen people. Um, and we are going to these shows and it is so wonderful, but it is also like, yeah, we worried that he wasn't that that this would not happen during the pandemic. We worried that it wouldn't happen, and now you know we're all of a certain age. They are younger than me, but they're still not you know not babies anymore. They're not that young anymore, as Bruce said in Thunder Road. Um, and we're all like, will we ever see this again? Right. You know that's why. I, so. We are, you know, I'm in South Florida. I did see the show here. Tonight is the end of the first leg of the tour. So it's a perfect day for us to talk. The The first leg, the first U.S. leg of the tour ends tonight in New Jersey, of course. Then right. he goes off to Europe. He starts in Spain, in Barcelona, two weeks from tonight. Then he comes back in August, August 9th, I believe, uh, two nights at Wrigley Field in Chicago. So he's moving up to the stadiums. Right. When he comes back. Now, I don't think he played L.A. this time. So I lived in Los Angeles. I lived in New York when I first got into Bruce. Actually, I lived in Tampa. I was in college when I first got into Bruce. Uh, wow. Followed him all over. Saw him in New York at the Meadowlands during the Born in the USA. I was at I was at the Meadowlands Arena and then the Meadowlands Stadium. It was too big because, you know, he was ours. And then everybody else got to know him. And then, yeah. you know, know, so in 1985... He released the live album. It was 1975 to 85. It was a decade of Bruce. And at the time, are you living, you're living in New York now, right? Yes, I am. Okay. So I don't know if you listen to Jim Kerr. He's on Q1043 there, um, the morning man there. Well, he was at WPLJ forever. And when I was just a little baby out of college, I I was his producer at WPLJ. And when the album came out, I got to uh, review it. So here's here's just a few minutes of my review of the 
<laughs> a Bruce Springsteen live this album. Nine o'clock. Hello to Michelle and Dorian from a Hudson United Bank in West New York, New Jersey. I'm Jim Kerr. I would have liked to have been able to review the Bruce Springsteen five record set for you. However, I've been unable to do that. Nicole Sandler had a copy. Matter of fact, first one off the truck from down at yeah. Tower Records. Howard, the cab driver, bought it yesterday morning when the truck arrived and brought it back for Nicole. And Nicole wanted to listen to it alone. <laughs> so uh, since she heard the whole album, I only heard, you know, what we've been playing on the radio. And, mm -hmm. and I like it. I mean, I like what I hear. Uh, but Nicole asked if she could do the review this yeah. morning. Okay, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, first, I've got to tell you, Nicole Sandler is like the biggest Bruce fan of all time. Well, I sat there for three and a half hours, uh -huh. listened to the whole thing from side one through side ten, <laughs> and um, I had a great afternoon. I mean, Bruce is the best. Okay. He just is, okay? Um, I love the album, but there were a few problems. Problems? What? A few like problems. That? Well, first of all, side one, cut one, Thunder Road, my favorite song in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. From 1975, it was incredible. It was a really beautiful acoustic version of it. I've never heard that before. It was great. But if you've heard Bruce do Thunder Road recently, it's just, it's, it builds to such a climax. And Okay, so you get the idea. I was a baby there, and I bitched because there wasn't a rocking version of Thunder Road at the end of the album. And I w wanted them to consult me <laughs> to make the album better. It was great, but it could have been better. They, I think you were right. <laughs> I know. They should have consulted you. Exactly. Obviously. Right. So, um, you know, that that's 1985. So it just shows Bruce. Oh, but, you know, we've grown up with him. We really did. I mean, look, I'm sorry. I was a child then. Uh, that's when this picture was taken. This was when Clarence came and visited us. But, you know, uh, by the way, I still have that dress. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I do. I still have that dress. Um, from what, thirty-five years ago, forty, oh, forty years can ago. I, can I just tell a story, please? That you you yeah. might not know. Yeah. You know, freaking Courtney Cox. Yes. So, you know, I mean, I'm I'm going to give you a little bit of the backstory. Okay. My mother died right before I graduated from high school. Was, you know, it was very horrible, obviously. And my father wanted me to stay home for the first semester of college which i did but i did go to madison to uw madison the second semester you know the january semester and one of the first weeks bruce springsteen who i you know who i'd loved for at least a couple of years was playing at dane county coliseum and we went to see him and he jumped down and he danced with me oh! You did the dancing in the dark dance? February 20th, 1977. Wow. He was playing Rendezvous, which only showed up on Trash. Sure. That's I right. thought was just a great song. Oh, that was like before was... Dancing in the Dark, of course. But but yeah. he danced with you. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. you know, at, at her, I literally, <laughs> that did happen. And, you know, that is like pretty much the high point in my life. That's I mean, and, but and no, did anybody take a picture of it? You don't have a picture of no, it? No, no one had, you know, we, we didn't, didn't have cell phone you know. cameras back then. I know. I Look, I tried to explain to my daughter that there was not rap and hip hop when I was a kid. It's like, come on, mom. Really? Right. And I played with a rapper's delightus. Have you ever heard, the, heard this? That's oh, when it started. <laughs> so Sugar Hill Gang or whatever. There, um, you know, Joan Walsh. We have a lot in common. I lost my mom 
10 days before my 20th birthday. So I was a freshman in college. So we we're very parallel lives. You're, I think you're a year older than me. So we, you know, we grew up together. And when I saw your piece in the nation, I just, I, and you, you said, you know, I would, I would have loved to hear for you. And what was the other one? New York city serenade, I think you said, or well, also, I mean, do you do you have that old bootleg with, that has "I want you"? He he did Dylan's "I want you" oh, at in point, and you know, I think it was nineteen seventy four, seventy five. I mean, that song. If I, you know, if I just need to cry, I just put on "I I want you." <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he does that. And the thing is, my husband and I have a thing. I I. D- I like covers. I like when artists do covers, but but only when they make them their own. You know, I don't need some artist doing a, a, a mirror version of Stevie Nicks singing Landslide. If you're going to do it, do, do it in your own style. And Bruce does a lot of covers and he just, he owns them. It's yes. okay when Bruce does a cover. He's like, but you, you'll listen to Bruce covers. It's like, yeah, because first of all, any artist would love it if Bruce... Springsteen did their song um and he he brings Bruce to it even this new the covers album that I'm not thrilled with Me it's either. still yeah. it's still it's him and you can tell he's having fun you know yes and I'm fine with it but I don't love it you right. know and I, I don't you know I think you know this is also I I'm sure you feel the same way it's sort of like I don't want to tell him what he should do on this tour however I do <laughs> And uh, we don't need to hear night shift. No, we don't need we, to hear yeah. anything from know. that. Yeah. You know, we, I mean. Play for also- you. Play Spirits in the Night. Play, yeah. you know, go back. Yeah. And and he has been in these last. So, so okay. So you oh, were what? in Tampa. You were in Tampa. And when I saw that, I saw he didn't do Thunder Road. And I'm like. That's blasphemous. How do you open a tour and not play Thunder Road? I'm sorry. Can you believe how well-behaved I was about that? I was like, (laughs) oh, he didn't do Thunder Road, but I guess that's okay. Oh, God. It was not okay. It was not okay. You heard me in 1985 say my favorite song of all time. Well, here we are 40 years later. It still is. Thunder Road, favorite song of all time. It's a town full of losers and I'm pulling out of here to win. It just is. I could, I've done it. I've done it on this show. I think as I was getting ready to go out to the show, I started saying the lyrics and I went through the whole thing. That just, and for him not to play Thunder, I'm like, I'm I'm mortified. It was really a bad decision. And obviously he knew it because the next night. (laughs) It's been in ever since. Added it and it's been ever since. And And then- you know, and of course, I'll always find something. It's like, okay, well, he's doing all these anthemic songs, which is one of the reasons I also think this might be the last tour because they're the the anthems. They're the, the, the from um, uh, you know, um, uh, Kitty's back to you know, uh, incident on Fifty Seventh Street. I mean, he's doing. He's not he, playing that. No, he's Nicole. not playing that one. He's he right. He's not, not playing that. Play that. And that I desperately want to hear. Right. But I'm just kind of like, if this is the last, if this really is the last tour, which I don't, you're saying that, my best friends are saying that, my sister's saying that. I'm like, I don't believe that. However, you guys are probably right. I know. But if it is, I want to hear Incident. Yeah. Well, but then I sent you, okay, so in on, on the album, on the first album, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, 
it segues from Incident in 57th Street into Rosalita. And I sent you a tape of a show. It was from 1978. It was the last night of a tour of the Darkness Tour. And he does it. He plays Incident. And then it segues into Rosalita. I'm like, holy shit. And he also does for you on that. And when I read your your piece in the nation and you said, I want to hear for you. I want to hear incident on 57th street. I'm like, I have this show. I have the show. And I sent it to you, but you weren't, you didn't get the email. And then you weren't following me on Twitter. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, what did I do? I I have a mouth and I piss people off. And I sometimes say things I speak first, but I do. I, I believe me, I do. And I, and I sometimes say things in a fit of anger or passion. And then I think about it later. It's like, that was really stupid. And so there are a lot of people who just don't like me because I can come across as a bitch. And I'm thinking, what the fuck did I do to Joan Walsh? What did I do? Why does she not like me? And then I, it, it was just a miscommunication. But I, for, I was thinking, oh my god, I must have really done something to offend her. No, you so. did not. I, you know, I mean, in this world, you know, somebody was just saying to me, like, so and so stopped following me on Twitter, and I'm like, that that's not her fault, or that she didn't do that. Sometimes it just happens, that, especially like, in the new oh Twitter. God, that, you know, that is a shit show. Um, and you know, I mean, it, it's just like, we live in a world where division is really heightened and, you know, you, you don't know why something happens or why somebody doesn't follow you or, right. or why they didn't get a response to an email or it's like, right. yeah. So, uh, I, I just, so I'm glad, I'm glad I reached out one more time because I know. I, 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 Cause oh I was God. feeling really bad, you know, got to laugh, you know, got to laugh. She's, she and I've been friends for, she's been doing my show for 15 years now. Um, and we, you know, we're friends. And when I told her, I said, I think I did something to anger Joan Walsh. She's like, Oh no, I love Joan Walsh. And I said, yeah, I don't. I, and then I, I remembered one time you were, you were guesting with me. I was filling in for Randy Rhodes and I, it was back when you were still doing Chris Matthews show all the time. And I, I referred to him as Tweety because that's what I, because he used to bug the shit out of me. And that was just his nickname. And, and, and you, I, I got the feeling like I, I went too far because, you know, you were a regular on his show and I offended him. I said something and, and I thought maybe, maybe that. I, I, I didn't know, but I'm glad we're cool. No, I would never have cared about that. Cause you know, I mean, come on. I know. I, I didn't think so. But anyway, here we are now bonding over Bruce. So he comes back in April. We are planning to move to Arizona because I got to get the fuck out of Florida. It's scary here. What do you do? You actually do. Oh, Nicole. tell me about it. Um, I'd go back to California, but I can't afford it. Arizona's at least next door and they didn't elect the fascists. It's far from perfect, but my husband won't go anywhere where it's cold. So I'm limited as to where we can go. It's really important to go to a purple state. Mm -hmm. If I was, if I were leaving, you know, which no, I'm not going to leave. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to leave. If I were leaving, I would go to a purple state. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is an ideal state. Yep. And they're, they're, they're primed to go blue and they rejected the fascists and they said, hell no to Carrie Lake and hell no to those crazies she surrounds herself with. And so, and it's closer to California, which is where my friends are anyway. And I, I like it out West. I belong there. I got to get out of here, but he's back in Arizona 
in November. It's I think it's November 30th. I know. I couldn't my get tickets to, to get me to go. I couldn't get tickets to that show either, but I will. <laughs> That's I'm bound and determined. I will be at that show oh. in Arizona because I better be living there by then. So, yeah, I hope you are. I mean, I love I really love Arizona. I, I mean, it's so hot in the summer. Yeah. It's really it's it's insane. But it is such a beautiful state. And also it is going purple to blue. And right. I, you know, that that is a state that I would, you know, in my list of maybe I would do this, that it's on my maybe list because it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's purple and going, it's going in the right direction. Well, when make a difference, when we get out there, you come visit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll see Springsteen together in Arizona at the end of November. Yeah, I know. My sister's trying to get me. My sister still lives in California, so she's trying to get me to go to Arizona, that that show. So now, yes, go. Now, you're back in New York. And, uh, you know, look, I love New York. I was born in New York. Born in Mount Sinai Hospital. I mean, I lived in Queens. My family moved down to Florida when I was 11 in 71. So that's the, that's why Florida. Then I left here, went back to New York. You lived here until you were 11? 11 in Bayside, Queens. Wow. And, and then we Ocean moved to side. Florida. And then Oceanside, Long Island. Uh, right. So Bayside, Queens. Queens was, Bayside was like Long Island adjacent. We were, oh, absolutely. Yeah, right? Oceanside is Queens. That's right. Exactly. So we moved to Florida. My mother was sick. I didn't know it at the time, but she had leukemia. And that's why we moved down here. One of the reasons. And uh, after college, moved back to New York. That's when I worked with Jim Carr. I also worked with Bob Grant at WMCA. I started my political talk radio career with the original right wing hate talker. And he was a pussycat. It was all an act. Um, But anyway, so and then I moved to L.A. But then I wound up back here. Don't ask why. It just, you know. And so now I'm I'm. I got to get out of here again. There was a reason I was here, but it's time to go. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I I was going somewhere with that and I lost my train of thought. It's Friday afternoon. Oh, I know. So New York, I still, I love New York. I know it sounds like a saying, but um, there there was the best thing ever last night (laughs) in front of Trump Tower. Now I saw when 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 uh, the former guy went his motorcade came to town. There was a small contingent out there chanting as the motor as the motorcade uh, went by. Uh, New York hates you. New York hates you. Well, I what that. I didn't know was last night at Trump Tower there were many more of them out there. Listen to. This. New York hates you. Okay, so that's that's New York hates you. Look at all those people, right? And, and then they're gonna segue into the next chant. Here we go. We're here. We're queer. We're fabulous. Go fuck yourself. Oh, don't fuck with us. We're fabulous. Don't fuck with us. And now, look at the police. There's a whole line of police there, and they're chanting peaceful protest. 
peaceful protest, peaceful protest. But the cops are there, which that's that's the only disturbing part of of that whole thing. But I love that all those people showed up outside of Trump Tower to to, to chant New York hates you. I love it so much. That's the best. I I love it too. You you gotta love that. And for them to chant, it it looks like thousands of people out in the streets. New York hates you. (laughs) Perfect way to wish I'd been there. (laughs) Right? I I, I was doing nothing last night. I was watching TV. So you know, I should have been. You could have been there anyway. I could have been there. Yeah. But crowds, still still not good to be around crowds. Anyway, um, Joan Walsh, one of these days you'll have to come back on and we can talk politics. I like to get away from politics, especially in the weekends, tune to music. Um, I'll have to tell you, my listeners know, I've been working on a side project um, um, with a bunch of other old radio women who've been kicking around for too long. And um, I can just tell you women who rock. We are building it so everyone can come. We're building a thing. And, and so as we get closer, I'll tell you. But we can't play Bruce because it's women who rock. It's, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, so I, I, I always need this escape from politics. And for me, it's always music. When I start getting too crazy because of Ron DeSantis and the former guy and everything, music is how I get my sanity back. And I'm guessing it's probably like that for you. Absolutely. It really is. And, you know, it's been so great having them back on tour because even though, you know, we can talk again and talk about the things on the set list that we would, you know, we would change. I just, I just find myself just, you know, turning on whatever, you know, I'll tell you one other thing while he's touring this be it him being on this tour at this time in history is amazing because every day you can go on YouTube and uh, they get, you know, yes. uh, that's what I see when I open YouTube is I'm, I'm inundated with Springsteen from the night before. And that's how I know right. when you saw him at Madison Square Garden, he brought out Jungle Land. It's like, Jungle ah, Land. finally yeah. you saw Jungle. He hadn't been doing Jungle Land this tour. And he he's been. He hasn't done it since. I mean, he hasn't so done it yeah. since. Yeah. Oh, he just he did not. it from Madison Square Garden, huh? Yeah, wow. I, thought I, I, sh- I thought he should have, you know, just added it to, you know, the, play, the, the set list, but whatever. I'm not really part of the band. It's I know. Really, it's I know. really sad because I really think I should be part of the band. <laughs> you and me yeah. both. All these years. I hear right? you. I, absolutely. Bruce, you, you've got consultants Hello. here. Talk to if, us. If you're, if you're, wa- Bruce, if you're watching, we have ideas about your set list. We do. Yeah. We love yeah. it as it is. See, the thing is, I just have him extended about an hour. So, you know, he's 73. Oh, yeah. He can go four hours. Come on. Yeah. No, I'm really <laughs> impressed by the three hours. But, but I, I do like Jamie Lee Curtis's idea. We need Bruce to do an afternoon of matinee. <laughs> <laughs> That's next. That's what I he'll do next it. is the matinee, the acoustic yeah. matinee. 2 p.m. Nicole, I'll see you at Thank 2 p.m. You. We'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there and I won't fall asleep. Really. Um, Joan Walsh, what, ooh, this has been great. Thank you so much for, for helping me start the weekend off um, the way I so like much. to start the weekend off. Um, I'm going to go listen to some Bruce uh, and some women who rock and um, have a weekend. So and And try not to think about 
DeSantis. And um, but but next week, uh, I think we get the Dominion um, lawsuit trial, and that should be real uh, fun. Maybe maybe Fox will get what's coming to them because karma's a bitch. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so too. I hope so. Joan, thank you so much. Well, this has been great, and um, let's stay in touch, and we'll talk, and and maybe we'll see Bruce together. I hope so. All right. Thank, thank you. you. You have a great night. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. All right. Joan, Joan Walsh, everybody. Find her at The Nation. She's she, and I, TheNation.com. You should read it anyway, and she's doing great stuff over there. And, um, um, yeah, and check and listen to Bruce because – he will, you know, the, the saying is music has, has charms to soothe the savage breast. It's not beast. I used to think it was beast. It is not beast. It's, it's breast. So just saying, all right, we're done. Obviously I need a weekend. I'll leave you with the news. I'll see you Monday. I think Marcy Wheeler is going to be here Monday because you know, we have to do this every couple of weeks. All right. I'll see you then. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. That is Attorney General Merrick Garland on Thursday announcing the arrest of the 21-year-old accused of leaking classified Pentagon documents and posting them online to a gamer chat on the Discord platform. The leak detailed intelligence assessments of allies and adversaries, including on the state of war in Ukraine and the challenges Kiev and Moscow face as the conflict is at a stalemate. Teixeira reportedly served in a junior position, but somehow had access to the Joint Worldwide Intelligence System, an internal Defense Department computer network for top-secret information. It's still not clear what level of security clearance Teixeira had, but his access would have let him read and print some secret documents, which is apparently what he did. Wow. Meanwhile, Donald Trump answered questions under oath for over seven hours on Thursday. It was his second deposition for New York Attorney General Letitia James' lawsuit over his company's business practices. Now, during his first appearance in August, Trump invoked his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination over 400 times. But this time, according to one of his lawyers, Christopher Heiss, Trump described, quote, in detail, his extraordinary business success. I hope he knows that lying under oath in a deposition is a crime for which he could go to prison. Just saying. Anyway, Trump's motorcade was met by a pretty vocal crowd who welcomed him back to New York City in quintessential New York style. Now, this case is unrelated to recent criminal charges Trump faces over hush money payments to a porn star and unrelated to the case about his taking classified documents from the White House and the latest revelations that he's been showing this classified material to visitors at Mar-a-Lago to be continued. Meanwhile, Florida is falling further into fascist territory. The Florida House on Thursday approved legislation banning abortion six weeks into a pregnancy. That's before most women even know they're pregnant. The vote 
was 70-40, mostly along party lines. The governor signed the bill at 11 p.m. with no media present and obviously no public ceremony. Just lovely. This near total six week ban now will only take effect if the Florida Supreme Court rejects a pending challenge to the state's existing 15 week ban. It's just horrific. The Justice Department is now set to take an emergency dispute over the medication abortion drugs to the Supreme Court. But back to Florida for a minute, where the gods must be really angry. Fort Lauderdale experienced what officials are calling a one in 1,000 year rainfall event, the rainiest day in our history. On Wednesday, the downpour prompted emergency rescues, forced drivers to abandon cars, close schools, which remain closed, and shut down the airport. Most of the region got more than a foot of rain, with Fort Lauderdale recording 25.9 inches in under 24 hours. Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport finally reopened Friday morning at 9 a.m. after being closed for almost two days due to the historic flooding. Well, it was bound to happen, and it'll keep happening. Oh, and by the way, more than 100 temperature records could be broken across the Midwest and Northeast on Friday, as some cities brace for temperatures as much as 30 degrees above normal. Well, that tangled web being spun by Clarence Thomas over at the Supreme Court appears to be growing. Now, ProPublica, who broke the original story about the Texas billionaire and Republican megadonor Harlan Crow who's been showering the Thomases with lavish luxury vacations worth millions of dollars. Now they're reporting that one of the companies owned by him bought several properties in Savannah, Georgia, from Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and his relatives in 2014. The company then became the landlord of Thomas's mother, who lived in a one-story, two-bedroom house. Soon after the sale, the company spent tens of thousands of dollars renovating the house, repairing the roof and the carport, installing a new fence and gates. You get the idea. Well, a law, federal disclosure law put into effect after Watergate requires officials, including Supreme Court justices, to disclose most real estate sales. But I guess Clarence Thomas thinks that the law doesn't apply to him. He didn't disclose the sales to Crow and, as we already learned, didn't disclose the luxury vacations that he has taken the Thomases on for years either. Disgusting. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button.